What's up, everybody? It's your friend Isaac from Big Bike BMX, and I am so legit stoked about tonight's episode, you guys. We have a living legend of my childhood and more, more than likely your childhood, an innovator of not just BMX freestyle, but just an innovator of BMX in general, riding bikes and doing it your way. And this, Craig, we were talking about this earlier. This guest absolutely flipped freestyle upside down uh, and proved what individuality can do for you, that you don't have to be a cookie cutter uh, you know, person in freestyle to make a name for yourself. And, and I think that is so important for people today to realize like, hey, you know what? You don't have to fit a mold. Just be yourself. And if you're good and you have skill, then you can make it. And even if here's the thing, guys, even if you don't make whatever level of you know sponsorship or level of clout that you want, there is room for you to be yourself and more importantly, uh, be unique uh, and have fun on your bike. Would you agree, Craig? What would you say? Well, first of all, I, thanks, Isaac. Appreciate the introduction, man. Listen, whenever you come out and you give that type of intro, dude. I'm already hyped, bro, but I get even more <laughs> hyped hearing that. And what do I got to say, man? Let me tell you something, dude. And I want to get our guests on board real quick, but it's exactly right. Whenever you bring someone in who not only was a participant in an era, right, that we were a part of, but one that changed the game, one that brought something that nobody had ever seen before and left a mark on it like our guest did tonight. He's one of the early OGs and pioneers of BMX freestyle. He's definitely a guy who brought the metal mania to the scene. And, uh, you know, not to mention that, dude, he's a 2019 Hall of Fame inductee. He's the master of disaster. He is the inventor of the mega trick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big Bike BMX. Our special guest tonight, Diz Hicks. Welcome, Diz. Welcome to the show, brother. What's up, man? Man, dude, so so stoked to have you here, dude. Isaac and I just we're gonna probably be competing for for questions and comments to you, man. We are so stoked that you're on board tonight, brother. Thank you for showing up. Yeah, no I'm, problem, man. My pleasure. I dude, I'm geeking so hard because uh last time I saw you, Diz, was probably like 1985, 86, something like that, dude. The heyday of the kick ramp, and uh dude. I have so many questions because you made you made a kick ramp look so I don't want to say easy, but you dominated everything on there. And what I think people forget is how flexible you as a rider were when you rode on that kick ramp because there was like, I mean, you're over the bars. You're you're doing this like basically doing the splits foot over the handlebar while you're rotating balance. I mean, just such an amazing such an amazing rider. And dude, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, but dude, I want to let's let's start at the very beginning because some of our riders, myself included, I don't know how you started in BMX. You were just for me as a you know 10, 11, 12 year old like. Craig, tell me wrong. Like, it feels like this was just always there. Like, I don't remember seeing like in freestyle or BMX plus where it was like, keep an eye on this up and comer. Like you saw that for a lot of riders when they'd show like riders coming up, but man, Diz was just like 
boom, full page ad. Diz is here. And it was just like, bang. Would, would you, how do you remember it, Craig? No, that's exactly how I remember Diz. I remember just seeing you. I mean, it, it's hard to miss Diz. It's like a neon sign in the midnight sky, dude, because Diz had that flair. And as like I said earlier, he brought the main of the metal to the scene, dude. He was in the brightest colored jerseys and clothes you could you could look at he had the the wristlets on with studded you know spikes on it he was throwing the hook'em horns man it was just like the hair the style everything that you were talking about isaac diz how did you even get out of the gate with all of that uh well the whole short ramp thing was uh you can thank bob harrow for that uh that's what got that's how i got my whole start um you know, I was a BMX racer. You know, I started off as a young kid racing BMX. And uh, so that was really how I got started. But we were into racing and my brother was as a racer as well. And we had gone, I had kind of faded out of the racing scene. Of, you know, I just wasn't really into it anymore, but I was like more or less a dirt jumper or the guy that would, you know, I would jump the jump that nobody else wanted to. I was that guy. And so I was just more like, I had, I was more of an aggressive rider and I had, a, you know, my style was, I wasn't really fast on the track as far as a racer goes, but I had more skill at jumping and cornering and all that. So I was like, really just kind of got fed up with the racing because I just really wasn't doing all that good. Well, my brother, he was doing pretty good. He ended up being like a pro racer, but uh, we went to the world championships in Vegas. And this was like 82, the Tropicana. And I seen Bob Harrell riding and uh, you know, that was my calling, man. I had this, that tunnel vision, like, oh my God, that's me. You know, yeah, that's, you- that, that's all I want to do. And I, I just, I, my eyes were just, I was just a little kid, you know, I'm just focused on Bob Harrow going, oh my God, finally, this is it. This is what I want to do. And just, I remember all the way home from Vegas, man, all I, I if I would have had a hammer and nails, I would have been building a short ramp on the way home. That's how motivated I was. I, I just, I could not wait to get started on this, to build a short ramp. That's all you, I cared did, about. Dude, did you know even where to start? Like when you got home from watching Bob at the Tropicana riding around and stuff, when you got home, was it like, had you already, you know, did you know what freestyle was? Did you Yeah, yeah out- you know what? Yeah, because I'd seen the BMX action. Well, you know, actually I had, I was kind of into that. It's hard for me to remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was this, immediately that was Bob Harrow that actually introduced me to that short ramp. And then I think after that, I was into the BMX action trick team, of course, but yeah, no, I mean, that was the day it was like, wow, what is, you know, it was just, that was it, man. I mean, that was the first time I think I'd ever seen it in my life. Yeah. That must've uh, been so, crazy times, dude. Like, <laughs> like you must've oh got God. home. Like, did you go home and like either modify a current bike you had, or did you like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I no, need a coaster well, break. Dude, I, I got to go out and <laughs> well, get I me a freestyle hand-break. bike. I was running freewheel. That's everybody was running freewheel. We weren't, you know, there wasn't much coaster break and, you know, there's, we were all running freewheels from the race scene, you know, everybody. So no, I started doing kick turns with a freewheel with handbrakes and, uh, you know, and then after that, I was like, you know, hey, wait a minute, this is, you know, and then I think Guys, I, I, I don't want to cut, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, Diz, but I do need to make a point to people that haven't, uh, that aren't familiar with 80s BMX bikes. So what he's saying is, I used a handbrake, but what, what you may not be realizing is that the handbrakes that we had in the 80s were a step above 
uh, or I would say step below a handbrake you would buy at Walmart right now. And so oh, yeah. they didn't, they didn't work. And so oh. <laughs> the, the skill that work. it took, the skill that it took Diz to do short ramp, kick turn, kick ramp tricks on those flimsy, like, I mean, I, what were they, what are they called? Like nip on, like we, we just had like just junk brakes, dude. Nip on brakes. Pretty much. They were just like, M, said MX on them or, or whatever it was. They were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they weren't worth a shit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got to say this though, uh, Diz. Like the reason, like guys like you, and you know, aside from all the like the fanfare, the 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 clothes and the hair and all that, it was like so relatable because I could I could build a kick turn ramp in my garage or out on the driveway and try the same tricks you did um, or were doing in the magazines and stuff. Um, it was way harder to find someone who had a a, a quarter pipe. Or, you know, uh, some type oh, yeah. of ramp with vert on it and transition. And it was like, but I can build that kick turn ramp in my garage, dude. I can try some of these tricks or get, you know, get to do things like Hicks or other guys do. But like you were really the guy who made the kick turn cool. Oh, yeah. I, I, you were cutting out. I didn't hear you. No, I was dude. just saying, Isaac, do you remember that? Like making kick turn ramps. Like it was so easy to set up some cinder blocks or oh, it some was. plywood. Yeah. And, and of course your ramps were a lot more elaborate, but for us, it was like, dude, I can build a kick turn ramp. No problem. Right, Isaac? Oh, dude. Yeah. I remember the first kick turn ramp we made, it was, uh, uh, my buddy, Adam Perry and I, um, and we were living in, um, a, a little town called Lodi, California, which is just South yes. of Sacramento. Right and, on. uh, there was, they were doing like a little, they were doing like a little renovation and these Dude, shout, okay, shout out to construction workers because these dudes were so dope because uh, little scrub kids, like I think we were probably, man, I was maybe like 11, 10, went to a construction site and I was just like, can I have some of your extra wood? And, and the dudes totally harassed me. They're like, why? And I was like, I'm going to build a BMX jump. And, uh, you know, dude, like... <laughs> Dude, they fully gave us, me and my buddy Adam, they gave us a sheet of plywood, a full good sheet. Uh, and then they're like, all right, that's the spare two by fours. And then they gave us like a, a handful of nails. And uh, like they told like they totally were like, here you go. And they let us like mob on their extra scrap wood. And so we built the just the absolute uh worst kick ramp you've ever seen. It was way too high, way, way, and and then Diz, get this. We put it on a driveway that was already at an angle. Oh. So you know that because we didn't yeah. think that through. And uh, so, yeah, dude, we, but, but I mean, I think that dude, everybody has that story of like your first ramp was just oh, like yeah. a death trap. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, I was fortunate that uh, my mom, she was dating a guy that was a construction worker. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, he was, he was right on, man. He was like, Hey, no problem, man. We got, I got, I got all everything we need. So we actually built it out of two by six instead of two by four. Cause he's all, oh, this will be stronger. I'm like, and then we use like one inch thick plywood, which we didn't need, but he had it. So, oh man, it was built solid, but the thing didn't move very easy. That was the part that sucked, but, uh, no, it was a good solid ramp. So I was pretty lucky on that, you know, uh, that I had help with it, but, uh, how, yeah. Uh, how did you, how did you go from like, okay, I'm, I'm doing kick ramp tricks. How did you get recognized? Because 
there wasn't a lot of NorCal. Do, like, okay, so you're you were from Sacramento, am I am I right? Yes. Okay. How, dude? How? Because there were so many good riders. I remember in in that like Lodi, Stockton, Sacramento, that whole gateway in the Central Valley. But man, you were the one that like, man, you made it, dude. And it, it was just um, like you are everyone's hero. Yeah. I hope you know that. But like, you were just like, man. I'm glad, man. That's awesome. Uh, the Gork Trick Team is what really did it. Was Gork? Uh, Gork was a promoter, and, that's, and he's still in the BMX scene right now. He's still making a living at promoting BMX. And that's what really was the, you know, that's what actually hit it off was the day that we ran into each other, uh, you know, and he started promoting and doing this, you know, getting all the stuff and we started doing shows and whatnot. And that's where it all started. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was already a metalhead, you know, you know, I've always has been, I grew up listening to straight up metal, uh, you know, since I was a little kid. So, uh motley Crue's uh too fast for love album you know i was in high school and man that was like shit we wore that album out you know a record <laughs> it was like, what? uh so and gork was a metalhead too so um you know the two of us man if it was up to us man we had a metal it was going to be a metal show only trust me if you came to one of our shows it was going to be you weren't you know it wasn't just the riding it was the music and the style that went with it uh, yeah, dude. So how did you get connected with Gork, Diz? I oh, mean, that was a, that, okay. So there's a wall over here uh, in uh, Fair Oaks, California, where, uh, and it's a cement wall along Madison Avenue, and it goes up pretty high up on the side of this hill. And I would just, I was doing perfectly flat tabletops on it, boom, pulling out. It was like almost like a quarter pipe. And he was working across the street at the gas station. And he was like blown away, man. So he comes out there and I was with another friend of mine, Bob Whitney. He was one of the original uh, Vork Trick team members, me and him. But uh, he's all, man, that is the badass shit, dude. We got to do this. We got to start a team. And, it's, and me and my buddy Bob were already thinking about it. You know, we were already thinking about building, get, starting our own team. And he was like, hey, let's let's get this together, man. Let's do it. He goes, I'm an artist. I can promote it and all this and I'll take care of everything. And we're like, yeah, that sounds awesome, <laughs> man. Let's do it. And so he put it all together and, you know, he's the one that did all the artwork and, you know, and my buddy, Bob Whitney had just built a quarter pipe uh, from the BMX action trick team magazine or from the magazine, the, the one with no vert. I don't remember that one. It was the very first yeah. quarter pipes. They didn't have any vert and they were, they, they didn't have plywood sides that had an actual radius. They were like two by four, d- 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 you know, <laughs> and no vert. You had to actually bunny hop on them to catch air. But anyway, we had a brand new one. So, you know, we use that and Gork painted it with, we painted it up real nice with his logos and Gork came up with a Gork trick team logo logo. And so, yeah, we, that was it right there. That started it all push, you know, the push of, of everything going and, uh, and that, you know, that's pretty much where it started. And that's how come I was able to, you know, I think be able to get ahead of everybody else's because we are really promoting, you know, and Gork was just right there to make sure that we were, he wouldn't make the phone calls to people and he was always doing, you know, the footwork that we needed to get us out there. And, uh, and our style, you know, we just had our own style. I had my own style, you know, and I wasn't going to change it. Uh, you know, I was just going with the way I actually lived my life, you know, and that was full metal, you know, scene. And, uh, you know, so we kind of, Gork was cool about it too. Cause I, you know, at first I'm thinking, Oh, he's not, but he was just like me. He's a metalhead too, deep inside. And, uh, so our shows were going to be that way. That's what we rode to, you know. I yeah, mean, man. He, he listened to other stuff too, you know, because you know back then that '80s bebop kind of, you know, 
the synthetic music started was kind of coming around, you know. So we had some of those songs too, but it was mostly, you know, Iron Maiden and Twisted Sister and Motley Crue and, you know, and, and metal songs. That's what we rode to, you know. And I remember saying to myself, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay with the style because, you know, this is, if they like me for this, cool. If they don't, that's too bad because this is what it is. And then I want, I kind of took that style and wanted to add it to my writing to kind of give it a flair, you know, that's going to be that whole, it all goes together in a package. You know what I mean? I'm going to have a style that goes with it, you know, not just the writing, but the music. And uh, so it worked out really good for me. You know, it just happened to work out real good. I was in the right place, the right age and the metal scene had come in. And, you know, all these kids, I mean, junior high kids, everybody was, you know, we were all listening to Iron Maiden and Twisted Sister and all the bands that were just coming up, man. So, and they were at the right age to be riding bikes still. They're in junior high and, you know, you got your leather and the rock pins and, you know, you could wear tight jeans, you could wear whatever, you could even have some makeup on, you know, what didn't matter. And uh, so it all worked out good for me because that was just that right time, you know, and all, you know, the kids were into it. They yeah, man, I got to say, you, you're making the statement that you had your own style. That is, to me, an understatement. You Understatement of the year. Yeah. Of the year, dude, because look at, look at how I see this. Like, freestyle was the means of, you know, getting away from the structure of BMX racing, you know, the, 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 the tight structure there. And, like, freestyle was supposed to be about expression. That's it was supposed right. to be about style. It was supposed to be yep. about, you know, who you were. And you even brought, like, a level up to that man because a lot of guys in freestyle back in the 80s were like still wearing jerseys helmets oh, yes. and all yeah. that stuff and that was yeah. fine and that's but fine th- i did too uh, yeah i mean but but your your style was like your expression that was just above i think a cut above the rest as far as like hey i'm doing what i want to do you're not let you know i'm not gonna yeah. i'm gonna like conform to anything but i'm gonna be you want to see metal you want to yeah. see some freestyle check me out, you know, and, right. and I, and there's nobody on this planet that knows you that, you know, if you say, you know, what did you like about Diz Hicks? And they're just like, bro, he brought so much style to freestyle. Yep. You know, That's awesome, man. That's, that's really good to hear. Uh, you know, um, I think it was, uh, you know, we still had to wear the jerseys and pants and whatnot, but I just added to it. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I remember when I got done with my career and I would, you know, when I did actually see guys that were actually really, they could wear whatever they wanted. Uh, and I would go, man, why couldn't I, you know, you know, it got to a point where you didn't even have to have a helmet on in some of these magazines. And I would look at these magazines later on after my career and go, my God, why couldn't I, you know, if I could have done that, I would have had my hacked up Slayer shirt on. I would have <laughs> wore that CW jersey. Oh, dude, you tatted down i would have been whatever you know what i mean oh yeah for sure you're you you were cutting i mean you were wearing sleeveless yeah uh, i would cut up all my shirts and you know i mean it was but you still i still had them on though i still had the cw you know it was still there but you know i had them do the mesh bottom so it was like yeah and then i'd cut the sleeves off but but what what i mean what i was trying to get at is is how later on in life when you know things were different uh, the 90s and stuff and getting and even nowadays you can wear whatever the hell you want man these guys don't even have helmets on and they're tatted down and whatever and it's like wow you know what i wished i could have been that let myself go even more 
dramatic than what I did. But, you know, I had to keep it semi, uh, uh, you know, under control with the sponsors and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you even like I made a cover? I was on the cover of BMX Action. Oh, BMX Plus, 85 issue. And I had a tank top on and Varnays, a red tank top going to invert at the contest in 85 in Venice Beach. And I remember the owner of CW Rogers saying, oh, my God, Diz, you didn't have your jersey on. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Who cares, man? <laughs> Picture's good. Because I had a red tank top on with Varnays, open face helmet. And I, he gave me some shit over it, but later on he was, he didn't, you know, he let it go because it looked cool. And, but yeah, you know, I, I, it just amazed me later on how people were able to even, you know, to do what they really wanted to and get away with it, which made me happy. Gonna, because that's what I wanted. You know, I'm going to share, is, is this the pic, is this the picture? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Cause see, I got the, and I got the metal gloves. Those were, everybody wore those, you know, fingerless gloves, you know, uh, it was like that was that was in and uh, tank top and varnays. Varnays were you just had to wear your varnays, man. That's the way it was. So I always thought it was great, but I got a little shit over. But you know what? It wasn't that big a deal. And they got over. It, but, you know, if I really could have done what I wanted, though, that's that's why I was getting my point was, is, uh, yes, I was able to express myself, but I still had to sort of confine myself. You know, otherwise did, I would have went even further, you know, to me, did, you know, but you know, Hey, whatever. I, I, I did what I did and I got away with it. And you'd me and Seffi may is pretty much opened the door for that whole kind of, you know, bring your lifestyle into your writing, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then not worry about, you know, what, you know, what's going to happen later. And I remember my dad saying, Hey, you know what, now that you're getting paid and you're going to be a sponsor, maybe you should cut your hair and look a little more professional. And I remember looking at him and saying, oh, yeah, well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're never you're not going to, you know, it's not going to work out for you. And I go, it will. Trust me, it will. These people are going to relate to me way better if I be myself and who I really am than try to be someone I'm not. And he was like, OK, whatever. And, you know, that's what I did and ended up working out <laughs> the best ever. I could, You know, I couldn't even imagine my whole career without me being myself i wasn't gonna do that it's not happening uh, i i couldn't i couldn't imagine seeing i couldn't imagine seeing you without uh you know the hair in that yeah because it was a whole it, it you know this, here's here's the thing like you I, i'm gonna share a friend of like i'm gonna share a story like a friend of mine uh a great friend of mine when i was growing up um his name is ron and uh he he was a rocker he, like he was a metal guy um, while the rest of us were listening to, to like too short and, you know, whatever, like hip hop stuff, sure. uh, you know, he was, he was there listening to like anthrax and oh, yeah. uh, like flotsam and jetsam was, it flotsam oh, yeah. and jetsam, you know, those are I, two wonderful bands. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, that, that was him though, dude. And he like, yeah. I don't know that, that, that I like, it was one of those things. It was like, you know, man, if, if Diz, if Diz can do this. And, and, and ride this way. I can ride this way. So he had the same thing, dude. He had like, he, he never wore a helmet. He wore like the trucker hat with the flipped up bill. And yep. you know what he, he wore his, he wore his tank tops that were cut up. And uh, dude, you inspired so many people because you, you like, you know, I would say you and Seppi both, but, but 
you know, you were there yep. first. To, to me, you were there first. And, and I'm not taking away anything from Seppi, but I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there first. Yes. You weren't, dude, you were the first because you look at it and Craig, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but like you had like the Bob Harrow who was like, like basically ready for GQ every day. Um, and it's not, this isn't, this isn't me doing a burn on anybody, but like you had Ron Wilkerson had the, had oh, the yeah, very, were, like, yes. mm-hmm. had like the SoCal bangs. Oh yeah. And no, then, they were like the, oh yeah, they were, yeah. I'm trying to think of the word, but yes, I know they, what you're saying. They all, they all fit a very eighties, uh, SoCal yes. kind of a vibe. That's and right. maybe it was because, you know, Craig and, and, and Craig and I talk about this all the time because Craig lives in NorCal too. And I grew up in NorCal. And so for us NorCal guys, man, I, I, I did, I, I wouldn't say I related to that. You know what I mean? It was like, that's not what I grew up with. So, so seeing you out there and just being, you know, being what your authentic self, if you would have cut your hair and you would have, if you would have showed up to that show in, 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 I think it was Roseville, we'll say Roseville or, or Woodenville or somewhere, but if you would have showed up to that show, and you would not have had, uh, you know, I, I distinctly remember you had like leather, like crisscross. That's like right. Leather belts and bands yep. and spikes and uh, hat, dude. You, I, I remember seeing, I've seen all, I, I remember I've seen the Diamondback when it was Woody Itson and Mike Dominguez. I remember seeing Haro up there. But like, I, I will challenge anyone in the 80s to show me somebody that had more fun doing shows uh in in the 80s then then if you were if you were treated to see this x um you you didn't see anybody having more fun a lot of people look like they were doing their job but uh you just was it was like an hour of fun just watching like a dude just shred have a good time play off the crowd and dude honestly you treated like i was a little 12 year old you know nobody i was just like whatever and I remember like, you know, you're like, Hey bro, you got, you want, did you get a sticker? And I'm like, no, nah, man, you're like here, you know what I mean? And, and <laughs> like here, have a sticker, you know what I mean? And it was, nobody had more fun than you. Um, but my thing is, it, I've always wondered this, like how much did CW and the executives at CW um, hold you back? You kind of touched on it just now, but like how much did they pull you back? Because it, it really felt like you were out there, but, and, and it, and, and I guess what the other thing I'm getting at is like you had like here you are on the cover of BMX Plus, right? And John Kerr seemed like a pretty conservative type dude. Oz Oz seemed like he was a little bit out there, but John Kerr from BMX John Kerr, you guys was the editor of BMX Plus and the photographer. So um, those of you, if you don't remember this, I'm just giving you some backstory. Um, how did he who how did he receive you? Like and and how much how much did they let you go? Uh. Yeah, they, they, they were, it was funny because they, you know, they thought it was awesome, you know, and they, they were really, it was kind of blew them away that, you know, they were just thought it was a little bit over the top, but they liked it. And John Carr was a funny guy, man. He, you know, he really liked me because he knew I was different, you know, that I had my own style. And so he really dug that, even though he was like a straight lace, you know, bookworm type of dude, if you ask me, but, uh, Anyways, yeah, no, you know what? They were really cool to me because they, you know, they 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 let me do what I want to a certain degree. Roger, the owner too, was the same. He was he knew that I was good, that it was better that I could be myself, but he was trying to also be, you know, to keep everybody happy in the scene and the magazine, you know, but trying to keep that at least a little tame, you know, where it would be okay, but still a little over the edge. Uh, so he, you know, after a while, you know, I just started doing what I wanted, anyways. 
And, you know, and you know what they were like after they realized that it was actually better that I did that. That they didn't really bother me too much on it. You know, they let me do what I wanted. And uh, yeah, that's but yeah, John Carr was a funny guy. So I've got a few stories I could probably tell you, but I got a few I can't. But uh, uh, One of them, you know, you could edit it or whatever. But John Carr, we were in a meeting. Uh, in the office at CW and me and Roger, the owner, and they were in there talking and stuff. And I had this girlfriend of mine at the time that was a stripper. So I told her, I said, Hey, you know what? Go in there and strip naked in front of John Carr. Cause he's going <laughs> to, you know, he's a straight laced dude. Right. I go, go in there and just start taking your clothes off. Do it. And so she goes in there and man, and she strips down naked in front of all of them, man. And she's dancing around up on his desk and stuff. And John Carr looked like he was a deer in headlights, man. That fucker turned green. I mean, red as hell. He got so embarrassed. And Roger's like, hey, get out your camera. So John, he's taking pictures of her. And oh my God, it just blew them away. And it was just like, I laughed my ass off for weeks over that. And those guys, I mean, even the owner of C-Dub goes, man, that was great, Diz, man. That was hilarious, man. I'm glad you did that. And John Carr, oh, God, I know to this day, he's probably got pictures somewhere that he ain't showing nobody. <laughs> but he's got them. I'm crying right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was, it was the best thing ever, man. Oh, my God. <sighs> In fact, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to ask my next question because I want yeah. to keep going with you. <laughs> that was, you know, it was such a big deal because, you know, what? even when I got my uh, when I was inducted to the Hall of Fame, Roger actually came out. Of the, he came out of retirement because he sold CW years ago, but he showed up for me, you know, and, and it was really just it, it really made me feel good. You know, that he actually, you know, went out of his way to come down there and be there for the uh, for that whole thing. And afterwards, our, he, he said to me, he mentioned that whole thing i just told you he goes hey man I, one thing i really remember is when you had your girlfriend the stripper come in i go yeah i know i'm sure you don't forget that uh so yeah, yeah i was just kind of bringing you up to date on that uh that those guys didn't forget about that uh no, yeah, who's gonna forget that about funny. that dude no I how they gonna forget about, about that? that i mean and she was a good looking <laughs> you know she was a good looking blonde chick i mean you know uh so yeah no uh they they were stunned and i i was like yeah this is this is good so I got John Carr right there. So from then on, shit, he, he'd come in. Every time there was a photo session, he wanted me there. You I know? bet. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, there was a lot of things that, you know, I would do that would be, you know, they would just, they would be like, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool, man. You know, that's being yourself. You and, know what else is cool, Diz? Um, I watched, I obviously wasn't at your uh, Hall of Fame induction in 2019. I wish yeah. I was there. But one of the cool things, and you talk about, you know, all these fun times, the style that you had. One of the things that I loved about that induction was your introduction by USA BMX. Um, when they were talking about you um, and the mega trick, right? Yeah. What I think about that is, you know, there's guys and riders, I should say, out there that are still doing that trick. A lot of flatland guys like Nick Watts, like all these guys that are uh, riding the flatland, yeah. doing tricks and stuff. That trick is still a part of yeah. routines today, bro. Like how did you, I, I give you all the credit and I'm sure everybody in the world does too. Yes. With flipping the bike upside down. Um, That's right. I was the first one to do any rolling tricks upside down. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I, you know what it, what it really was is I was, yeah. 
uh, I was, uh, you know, I knew I needed to come up with something, you know, uh, that nobody else was doing and a whole different style of writing that would last a long time. Uh, and it would always be an impact in the sport. And I knew that I needed to come up with something like that. And so, you know, I was putting a lot of time in practicing and, uh, one day it just happened, you know, I ended up, actually, I was practicing some other stuff and I ended up crashing and I was flipping upside down and the bike was like dragging behind me. And I go, wow, you know, if I could stay on it while I'm crashing, you know, I, this, this could be cool. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm going to try start all this upside down stuff. And uh, so I, that's how it all started. Just kind of almost on accident one day. And I just like, Oh my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be able to flip this bike upside down. I'm going to roll around on it. I'm going to grind this seat into the ground and then I'm going to ride off. Yeah. And I ended up doing it. And uh, you know, it was the best thing ever because it's to this day, it's, a, it's the mainstay of all flatland. Everything's really upside is. down and rolling. It really is. And we, we, Diz, we were talking with, uh, we had Eddie feel on the show, uh, several months ago. Yeah. And Eddie was talking about, and it seems like a common theme with our guests about showmanship. You know, it's not just about, I can do a trick. I can get points. I can finish in this place, whatever. It really was about bringing showmanship. That's Uh, right. Eddie, Brian Skura, you know, any of these guys brought something where they were like entertaining the crowd, uh-huh. getting people it. to pump their fists, That's to be right. all hyped. And when you turn that bike upside down, bro, and you were doing your rolling tricks with your metal mania, with yeah. your flair, everything combined, it was like, like, did you, did you have any idea of the impact of that trick and, and that it would carry for so long in the sport? No, you know what? I knew that it was going to be good. And I knew that it was going to it was going to last a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, I knew it was something different and I knew that nobody else was doing it. That's the one thing I knew in my mind. It was like, you know what? Cause most people back then we were copying a lot of people. Well, here in NorCal, I didn't have anybody to copy from. So, and you know, you could see stuff in the magazines, but there wasn't any writers here, but down in LA and that whole scene down there, those guys all rode together. So one guy would do like a tail whip and the, the other guy would go, wow, you know, I haven't seen that before. And then he'd maybe add a little bit to it or something, but I didn't have any of that. I, you know, we had what we saw in the magazines or whatever, you know, so we'd pick up on that. But uh, you know, so I just decided, you know what, you, you, you're going to have to come up with something of your own because then you'll really stand out too. You know, you'll have a tr- some tricks that you're not copying somebody else's tricks. I'm going to make up my own and let other people copy me. So that's really what I think pushed me to do that. Uh, And, you know, I was young and I wanted, I was driven hard, man. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to perform in front of people. And uh, I knew that it was going to take something a little bit more than the average, you know. uh, Yeah, for sure. Like Isaac and I, where we grew up, Isaac and I, we grew up kind of similar as far as like, reading the magazines, going through trick progression, trick shots and all this stuff. And the kids we had to ride with were our buddies doing the same exact thing. But I mean, not that we were pros or anything, but we definitely had that, like, you know, we have to learn stuff and come up with things and and just be creative. And that's what the whole scene was about. It was about expression, you yeah. know, and being creative. You just took it to like the stratosphere, dude. You, you know, you had it like, I'm going to flip the bike upside down. Nobody was thinking flip the no. bike upside down. No. I Craig, think- here's, here's, here's the difference. 
Um, at the time, freestyle, this is the way I would describe this. And this is, this to me makes perfect sense. And, and you guys can tell me if I'm way off, but in a time Diz was to freestyle where everyone is doing, let's say ballet, right? So it's like ballet where everything's really flowy and like that Diz. So if, if Flatland was ballet, Diz was breakdancing. You know what I mean? Where it was like, no one's ever seen it. Everything was like big power movements. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I can probably count of, of let's say a hundred pictures in magazines, 50 of them. There was like a hat flying off of Diz's head because he was yeah. moving so fast and so hard. And, and like, it was just like you and in, you invented an entire like sub genre of, of freestyle. It's the only, it's, I mean, the whole style they're using to this day. Yeah. I mean, all like, the flatlands based on upside down. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is that when I, you know, I'm so happy inside because they've everybody, they've taken it to the level that I was, you know, that I, that I had already had in my mind that it was going to be, I never finished all the stuff I had in my mind. I still have things up in my head right now that I, that I never finished that I would love to be able to just do. I have ideas right now that I never finished, but when I see, when I see in the upside down stuff that these guys had taken my tricks to the next level that I didn't reach, it really, it makes me feel so good inside because I'm like, man, these guys, I started it and they finished it for me. I didn't even have to take it to that, you know, to where they're right now, you know, with all that rolling and all that stuff they're doing, spinning and rolling. Well, I was all, I had all that in my mind and that's where I was going to go. And so when I see it, I'm just thrilled to death that I started that and that these guys finished it for me. They, they, they took it to the next level and it just, Oh, it makes me so happy inside, you know, to see that it just, it really thrills me. You guys hear this is, this is kind of the stuff that Craig and I are talking about. If you're not, if you just, if you haven't, Maybe this is a refresher. We all had this poster. Everybody oh, had yeah. this poster. That was voted the worst ad ever. I I would <laughs> I would I'll fight anybody who says that. Yeah, no, I know. Ad. I didn't tell I me didn't who said that. that yeah. That was, yeah, that's one of my favorite pictures. Someone said that once, and I went, "Well, whatever." So this is this is another one where it was just like, "Oh yeah, spreading the disease." That that's you know you guys that's a trick. It's not he's just not posing like he does no, that. That's like, on the wedge, man. Yeah, I'll show you. Like it's I'll show you a picture. There. Okay, so that that picture you just saw. This is the. That's this is the other right? side of it, right? Yep. Um. That's that's I mean, a good view from the backside. Yeah. Just insane, insane. Every move was a power move. If you're Diz Hicks, that's the way I would describe. Um. Just phenomenal, phenomenal balance that's skill. Awesome. And the and bike control, dude. The bike yeah. control, the showmanship. It was all everything. Yeah, the was showmanship. So on point. You know, that's that too. I really, really wanted to. I wanted to make sure everybody was having fun, and uh, you know, I wanted to really express myself to the crowd that they could relate to me. You know, and they would be. They, I could feed off them as well, and uh, I wanted them to have fun as much fun as I was. And I figured if they left the show as happy as I was doing the show, then we're all going to benefit from that. And. Uh, so I just really made sure that we were all having fun. Yeah, you know, sp- another speaking of fun moment, uh, Diz, CW freestyle team, right? You got you, you got Seppi, and then you got Mike Buff. 
Tell us about some fun that happened with those, with those two other guys. Give us some, give us some, Oh my uh, God. Right. Did you, uh, I want to ask too, like, I want to, I want to pile onto that. Like, did you know Seppi before he came, before he joined CW? No, not at all. Dude, what was that for? Okay, here we go. Dude, what was that first introduction like? New level. Uh, It was like, it wasn't that good. Not good at all because I, I looked I looked at him and went, there ain't no way he's going on tour with me like that. Not with those pointed shoes on and that freaking outfit he's got on, man. That ain't cutting it, man. That's not happening. I really, I, I was like, fuck no. Uh-uh. That's not happening, man. I don't know what style he's into, but it ain't the style I'm into. And I don't know if that's going to work, man. And really, that's what I thought. And uh, Did he know that? Uh, not did really. You, did you I give mean, him that? Like, I gave him guy? like dirty looks and shit, man. I was yeah. like, I was scawing at him, like, you know what, ah, dude, come on, man, you're gonna need to shit can that those shoes and whatever else you got on, man. That ain't cutting it. Not on tour with me. Your whole look sucks. I need, I need yeah, you I to like, change. Man, that's awful, dude. I mean, I had, yeah, it just he had that look of you know that that was in you know that whole the cure and all that you know whatever it was and uh About, yeah he had that like emo like that he was he was emo before emo you know what yeah, i mean but it was like you know it was it was it just wasn't my style and uh that was the biggest thing to me was it was like why are you gonna put i'm the, i'm a metal head you know inside now and you're gonna put this guy in tour that's not gonna really go too good with slayer yeah and uh you know and it was uh so at first i was not really hip to it at all and then you know what i thought i'll give it some time and uh you know, I'll just let it go and see how it works out. And, you know, and it ended up being, he was a super cool guy. We, you know, he was, we hit it off, you know? And so I was like, you know what, this is good, you know? And, and then I started thinking to myself, I go, well, you know what, there are going to be those people at our show too. It ain't going to be, you know, that style's in right now. So it ain't like, it's not, you know, I said, you know what, if anything, it'll make our shows even better because it's going to reach a whole nother group as well. I was like, well, you know what? Uh, I started thinking about it. I go, well, you know what? I know the metalheads are going to be there. So they're going to be there. Uh, and, you know, I'll make sure they're good and happy. But there's also going to be some people there that may not be quite, you know, into the metal scene as much as us. And, uh, you know, I wanted to reach everybody, you know, so that everybody would. So I just started thinking, you know what? It, it, it can't hurt. It's got to be good. You know, right. uh, I, I thought to myself, let's just do this. Because then Mike Buff had his own style too. He was more like a straight laced guy that listened to whatever you know, uh, the Rolling Stones or you know, uh, your you know John Fogerty or whatever. He was just one of those guys that listened to regular music. And I go, well, that's great too. That's perfect. We got the full combo package here. We're gonna we're gonna make everyone happy, and they'll all show up, and there'll be more people there. So uh, you know what? It, it, it ended up being the best thing ever. Those guys and Seppi was the funnest guy to tour with. Just me and him, are, and then his style and mine kind of combined. He started letting his hair grow out more, and it was more. He looked more metal to me, and uh, so and, and you know he changed his style a little bit, and he still was into what he was into, but it seemed like we just kind of almost you know were a lot closer to being a lot alike. You know what I mean? And it just ended up being to where we were. Even though that we were different, but we were also the same because we were being ourselves and we were really just letting the music and everything come right through us. So when you came to the CW show, it wasn't just about coming to see some bike riding. It was coming to listen to the music and the guys that were performing. 
That's, yep, what, that's it what it was also about. It wasn't just the biking. No, and that's what I was so, saying earlier, how it was a true show. Yeah, it was, like, it was a true, true show, man. True it was, show. You were going to have fun. I mean, and, uh, you know, and if you were, and people like to go to a show that they can relate to the music that they're into. All those metalhead kids that were at every show, they were at home listening to Iron Maiden, Metallica, and Slayer, and all that. So when they came to the show, we were playing. I was playing it. I was riding to it. So what do you think? They were going to relate to it? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They were standing back there, moshing their heads and banging along right along with me. And I would end up partying and hanging out with all those kids at every show. Every show. I just, you know, they would always, we just, it was like this group, man. It was, I couldn't wait to see those kids. And it's not like nowadays, you know what I mean? It was uh 80, the metal was new. It was a brand new thing. It was like that, you know, that we've it started then and it's still going to this day, but it was so new and it was just so there and real that yeah, they would all the kids with the rock and roll shirts and the concert shirts, like I was telling you earlier, they're leather. And the rock pins, remember the pins? Everybody, oh, yeah, the pins. pins all over their jackets and just, but just the concert shirts. I really remember the most. Let me yeah, ask you this long though, hair I, and stuff. You know, I gotta, I gotta ask you. I gotta throw it out there because this just brought a thought into my head. Like, it was a show. There was metal. You look like D. Snyder or Vince Neil or whoever, yep. right? And did you feel like when you were on tour, you were talking about you, Seppi, and Mike on tour, like when you mm -hmm. were arriving in a different city, going from city to city, doing yep. a show, did you feel like you were on some world metal tour? And oh, I did. To a new town. What was that yeah. like, dude? What were the girls like? What were the kids like? Oh, my God. Like, like how, did that, how did that pump you up? It just, hey, it was, I felt like I was, you know, I was in a big metal band. I was definitely in a PMX metal band. Uh, That's awesome. know, I was, uh, Hey, I might as well have been in the biggest, I might as well have been on Metallica on tour or Anthrax because, you know, or Iron Maiden. It was, I was, I got to live that lifestyle. You know, uh, I felt like that too. I felt like a rock star. I would get there and there'd be people just waiting, you know, big crowds, this, this, crank it up, man. You know, and I'd be, you know, that's just what it was. I mean, I yeah. felt like I was on stage, man. And I tried to make it that way too, you know, uh, uh, even on my last tour with Gary Pollock and Tim Rogers, I, I would take the microphone and, you know, and get into it and say, you know, get the crowd into it as well. You know, as much as I could, I, I, you know, just so I it felt even more like I was, you know, you know, performing like a rock star. Cause that's what it was. I mean, I got Hell to, yeah. live, I lived yeah. my life like a rock star and I did it on a BMX bike. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So Craig, just to answer your question, just to give you some insight. So the, the show that, that I saw Diz, um, exactly what he just described. There was, there was probably a thousand people in a parking lot. Uh, and you know, we're all waiting. And then, and you guys, if, if those of you that, that are watching this, you, you may remember what it was like going to BMX shows as kids, you'd show up at the bike shop early and you'd, you kind of scout out, you look at everybody, uh, the roped off area. And then as it got closer to the time, there, there was just that circle. Everyone just surrounded the roped off area. And then all of a sudden, somebody would be like, there's a van, there's a van, there's a van, or there's, there's a truck. I see the ramp. So they pull in and they do a, they do a lap around the parking lot to figure out the best way to pull in so they could park the ramp. Right. Diz is hanging out the passenger window or the passenger side of, I don't know if it was a truck or a van, but all you saw was just hair and arms like this and just i mean we went nuts dude and the show had 
they're just <laughs> pulling up and we just went there was no music no nothing. not even out of the truck yet oh yeah and and there's deals like this like just stoked yeah. to see like and it was like he's stoked to see us you know I was. and that just that's i mean that it, it was damn near a riot dude like oh just, my god we had some yeah we've had some oh we had a lot of uh you know, it, it was to the point where we needed crowd control, man. We were, you know, it, it was, it was chaos, man. I remember one time that it was like, we were, you know, uh, I don't know how, you know, like a band that showed up like the Beatles, you know, all these people come in and just, I mean, literally we're going to just tear our clothes off us. And we had to be escorted and pushed into this door. And then the door slammed behind us and everybody's outside pounding on it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember me and Mike Buff and Seppi showed up one time and we got to the show and it was just, oh, I swear to God, there was a 2000 people and it was just massive crowd, man. And we, I, we literally, that's the way it was. We went from the van to the shop and it was just as quick as we could get through without getting trampled and the door shut behind us. And I was like, oh my God, that is the sickest thing ever. <laughs> you know yeah. that, that's yeah. that i mean i just i'll never forget that day and i know they probably remember it too it was just like one of those days where it was just unreal amount of people and just yeah. unbelievable crowd just ready to go did and, uh oh i loved it man i thought it was the best thing in the world did, did you did you keep anything from from the 80s did you keep no. any memorabilia or any of your bikes or anything like that nope i gave it all away yep Every bit of it. I remember our last show was in LA. It was at CW's. They owned a bike shop as well. And uh, so we did our last show there. And I remember that I just gave everything away. Everything. I was done. Uh, no, I gave a lot of stuff away. I didn't, you know, it wasn't that, uh, you know, I wanted to, other people to enjoy my stuff. So I gave a lot of stuff away. And yeah, at our last show, I remember threw everything out in the crowd and, uh, and that wasn't all, though. I mean, there, there was shows along the way that shit was wore out and stunk, man. I was like, oh, man, this is shit anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, sweated in for the last five shows. Uh, eh, it was clean, but I'm ready for something new. Shit. Yeah. That out. And that was good because they wanted the stuff, you know. Uh, hats. I sold my own Diz hats on the last tour, and I sold a lot of those. Wish I had one now, but they're gone. Did, Some, did somebody you? Somebody got them out there. Right. Did you, how much input did you have on the bikes? Do you remember, did you, did they oh, ask you for feedback? I had a lot of impact. I told them, you know, uh, CW bike at first, uh, it was just, yeah, it wasn't right. I said, look, man, get rid of this, get rid of this. And don't put that there. And let's put the seat tube angle up further. Uh, you know, just let's move the bike around a bit. You know, it's not, I mean, we had other guys too. We had, there was, you know, lots of other impact, uh, not just me, but, oh yeah, I had a lot of, lot of impact on it, uh, where they, you know, they changed it a bunch, uh, cause it just wasn't right. I couldn't even hardly, you know, ride it that good at first. And I mean, I, they weren't that bad, but it was just, you know, their seat post angle was laid back too far. So I'd run a snake post. That was my idea to run that snake because it put the seat forward an inch, which was good for me. Uh, no, they shortened the bike up a bit and got it. Once we got the stunt vessel dialed in, that's the last one, uh, or the RevCore. Those two bike, that bike was awesome. I mean, to this day, that if you ask me, that's like perfect bike for any kind of riding. Uh, but you had to take in mind back then that you had to do ground tricks and ramp all in the same bike. So uh, you know, and two now, two kinds of ramp, two kinds of ramp, two ramps, not just stand ground all at once. I mean, you had to ride the same bike. It didn't like now where you had this bike just for ground tricks. 
Well, that's why another reason why these guys are able to pull off more of my tricks, uh, the rolling upside down stuff that I, in my mind, I had it, but I didn't finish it, but they did, but it was easier for them on this new style of bike to do that. On the bike I was riding, you could only do so much upside down stuff because it just wasn't really built for that. Uh, you, you had to really tweak it a lot to get it to work right. Uh, and not like these ground bikes now that you couldn't do an air on, you know, you couldn't do an eight foot air on the ground bike. So that was the difference between now and then too. Uh, it was that, you know, you had to ride the same bike. I mean, my first contest was uh, that I, I won the world championship in 83. And Ed Fiola and Bob Morales had put that contest on. It was the very first world championship BMX freestyle contest. It was down in Griffith Park in LA. And when I went down there, you had to do all three in your run. Ground, ramp, and short ramp, all in the same run. There wasn't no, okay, we're going to do this is a contest for just ground or a contest for just ramps, which it ended up being after a while. All the AFA contests where you rode ground or you rode ramps. There right. were two separate. But the very first contest was ground and ramp, all combined. What so What did you like the most? Did you have like what was your I favorite? Like, I like the fact I like that first contest. I like the fact that you had to be able to do some ground tricks and ramp. You couldn't just go out there and bust a big air and okay, well I won the ramp contest. Oh, that's fine. No, you had to be an all around rider. So it made it to me. It made it better because there were some guys that were really good at ground tricks, but they couldn't do any airs. And I always thought, well, that's not a really, that's not a really all around rider to me. You got to be able to bust some air too. And so I didn't really care for it, but after a while it was like, you know, whatever. I mean, Hey, you know, some guys are just cut out for big airs and some guys are cut out for ground. So I was very cut me. out for ground. I was uh -huh. not cut out. For, I was not cut <laughs> yeah, out for no. air, dude. I, wanted I was to, terrified I, of it. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I had to do big airs. You know, I, I, there's just no way I'm going to catch some air. I'm going to be doing eight foot airs. There's no two ways about it. Uh, just, <laughs> Dude, can you, can you imagine like this trying to go like half, like halfway, like oh, yeah, 50%? No. <laughs> no, well, no. No, I don't think that's in his vocabulary. Dude. <laughs> no, dude, no. I'm doing big airs. I got to do big airs and I've got to do really good, aggressive flat land, you know, and, uh, and then just tear the wedge up absolutely destroy that because yeah seeking yeah, it man i've watched so many uh old vhs videos that are now on youtube Diz of like all your your um disciplines i mean whenever you hit the quarter pipe it was like you would work the crowd up like hey i'm going big yeah well, yeah and then, you, and then you get on the flat hey check this out and then you would hit the and then it was like it, it ain't over folks there's the kick over. turn you know, you're doing things like, you know, throwing your leg up and bending down and triple know, bar spins. Things. Your bar spins. You know Triple what? Bar spin. You just I'm mentioned earlier. You just mentioned earlier, Dicks, that, or uh, Diz. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, well, man, the first time I've been called that. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, it was a Freudian slip, brother. Um, so it's all good. I don't know if you're on social media a lot, but check this out. What do you think about like guys like R.L. Osborne, guys like uh, Eddie Fiola, Mike Buff? These guys are they're still riding. They're putting out content now where they're still trick riding. Like R.L.'s, yeah. he's got this resurgence of not that he ever left, but he, he you know he's really getting back into it. He's building bikes. He's doing oh, tricks. Good. He's yeah, have you seen, seen any of that? Yeah, I've seen a bit of it. Yeah, um, I'm not really a big fan of that social media, uh, honestly. Uh, you know, uh, 
Yeah, I've gotten into it just because I wanted to kind of get some. Uh, the reason why I really got into it was because I wanted to get, you know, a little more people into me a little bit more so that I could get, I wanted to get in the Hall of Fame. And I figured that if I kind of got out there and put my name out even a little bit more, that it may help me get into the Hall of Fame. And uh, so, uh, you know, that's the reason why I got back on on social media at all. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't, I don't really care for it that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I do it and I look at it and stuff, you know, but I never yeah. did for a while. I mean, I remember like a few years ago or whatever, uh, I would just, people would ask me and I'd go, no, I don't want nothing to do with it, man. I'm not into it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and what do because you think I just about like the underground scene? I just wanted to keep things or oh, sort of like Metallica. They were so much better when they were underground and they weren't all, you know, because I don't really care for their new stuff at all. I, I listen to only their old stuff and, uh, you know, any of the new stuff they've put out, I think it's garbage, but, uh, I stopped you know, at master of puppets, dude, like yeah, master of puppets you know, and like ride the lightning and that crap. And they just got, they got yeah. caught up in the media, you know, they're all this, you know, fan, you know, all this and that. And I just thought, I don't like all that. You know what I mean? I, I like just keeping it underground and real, you know what I mean? I, it, it seems to be more of a drive to me than, uh, you know, the social media thing, but I, I, I you know, it is what it is. And nowadays you almost have to do it. If you, you know, well, and and as, aside from the social media, you know, I get it. I totally get it. Like some yeah. people just are not about it. But my question really was around, what do you think about guys like RL and oh, Eddie, I think it's great. like still writing today? Because I saw a That's video, good. I saw a YouTube video of you doing something about, I don't know, three or four years ago. It was like a demo at a, at a. Oh yeah. Ryan Humphreys. I did a bunch of stuff for Humphreys Industries. Uh, and they're exactly. all stuff. Oh, that was fun, man. That was great. I enjoyed that. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to get back on a ride. I, I, you know, I could and I would, but, and I Dude, do. You were, you were killing it. On yeah, the, I wasn't doing video. too bad, but, uh, you know. Um, what, what's the name of the video, Craig? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to show it. Oh, yeah. You've got to go check it out. Uh, I performed at the Q- Queens Museum of Art. In uh, in Queens, New York, uh, and at the Queens Museum of Art, that's a hard show. Uh, that's a hard deal to get into. But Ryan Humphreys is a great guy. He's an excellent artist. He set it all up, and uh, he, you know, he got the Slayer short ramp for me, and I slayed it. I was just going to uh, tell Isaac, look for the Slayer Slayer uh, short ramp, and short I did ramp, okay. Dude. You know, I hadn't even been on. I hadn't even done any riding in twenty dude. years, and I just pulled it off. But. If that's you not riding in 20 years, yeah, days, I hadn't ridden at all, man. I was like super impressed, man. I like pulled off some going- bar spins and some other my other some of my other good kick turns, and uh, you know, I, I but I just wasn't I, I just couldn't seem to I didn't wasn't good enough for my own self, you know. I was like, ah, that's not that good because nowadays these guys nowadays shit. If you don't do, I mean, there's they're doing such nutty shit that it's like. If you don't do a backflip with a bar spin, then you ain't shit. Yeah, but you got to uh, think about it. you've been yeah. riding. You've been riding longer stuff. most of those than, longer than most of those guys. Oh yeah, I know. Alive, you know, and I to not ride a bike or not be in it for twenty yeah. years and then. And oh then no, it was good. I had a lot of people uh, after that that Queens Museum show. Um, you know, there was a lot of artists and just people there seeing just the art stuff that was in that show. That's a big, big art show, a bunch of all fancy art people. And I, they were all there that day. And there was some guys, younger guys there that were doing some crazy shit. And uh, I remember some people coming up to me afterwards going, hey, you know what? We like you the best out of all of them. And I went, wow. 
are you serious? And they're like, oh, yeah, you have your own style. And that was cool. And I go right on. You know, yeah. I, but I, I just I couldn't I didn't think I was any that good, you know, because I just, you know, I wasn't hitting a ramp and doing an eight foot air, you know, and I wasn't, you know, you know what I can say, any though? upside down stuff or anything. I didn't have the bike for it. Uh, and uh, so I just it, to me, I just didn't feel like I was performing at what I wanted to perform at. One of the things I liked but I about enjoyed that. it. Don't get me wrong. It was so awesome. No, you look like you did. Diz, you I mentioned really in a, it. Yeah, I you did mentioned in a, uh, in a comment on that video, you were, I think you were talking to someone, uh, um, the guy was doing the artwork and you were like, you know, the one thing I still want to do, I want to, I want to ride at a heavy metal concert with two kick ramps on the side That's of right. the stage. Yeah. Bro, you got to do it, man. That would I mean, be awesome. There it is. Yeah. I mean, there's Ryan right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Just watch, watch this. Wait for it. My favorite trick. Yeah. The look down. Yeah. uh, You know, I, I pulled it off. I I will admit that. Um, Was it, you know, I, I just felt that it wasn't, I mean, I did, it was good, but I just wasn't, you know, uh, I felt that it wasn't as good as I could have been. Um, And, but it was fun and I did as best I could. And, that's Ryan, yeah. Uh, Showmanship. Yeah, no, we just—it was fun, and I, the I got the crowd into it. I was—I I made sure that it was—it was pretty fun, um, uh, you know. But I hadn't ridden in so long, and uh, you know, so uh, it was—you know—I had to just try to pull it together at the last minute. I even told Ryan, I said, "Hey, man, you got to remember, I haven't done anything in years, man." So he's like, "Oh, you can handle it. Just do your best." And I'm like, "Okay, you know what? I'll do my best. That's about the best I can do." You know, Bro, it looked like you were having a ton of fun, man. Oh, I did. I really. Hey, no, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't have a great time. I did. I had a great. I got to travel <laughs> again. Shit, I felt like I felt like a rock star again. I was getting on a plane, flying to New York, and then we went to uh, Miami and did Hollywood, Florida, which I thought I was going to Hollywood, but it was in Florida. Hollywood, Florida, which Surprise. was great. No, it was awesome because there's a museum there in Hollywood. That was a good show too. I really enjoyed that. And then we went to Philadelphia. So I went, I traveled for a while and I thought, wow, you know what? Here it is, you know, however many years later from my last tour and I'm traveling again. Shit. I guess I still got it, man. That's crazy. No, it made, it, it, it was a lot of fun. And thank you, yeah. Ryan Humphreys. Uh, you know, and if you guys don't know him, you should because he's a great artist and he really is into BMX. He, he's I a love big that BMX guy. He's got tons of BMX bikes, and he just he was around back in the eighties. I mean, yeah, he's a good guy. So uh, my hats off to him. And Ryan, if you're listening and you're watching, buddy, thank you for uh, you know let me participate in all that because I really really enjoyed it. I, shout, I shout out to Ryan Humphreys for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shout, yeah. Out Ru- shout out to Ryan. Definitely give him a shout out, man. The guy is just, uh, he's an awesome guy. So and he's, hey, he's got a heart, BMX heart, man. He's got it running through his blood like me. So yeah, Isaac, do you, uh, uh, Diz was talking about, you know, his last tour and all this. Do you know who uh, uh, the Diz's team uh, manager was for his last tour? Mike Buff. No, no, no. no. Who is, who's close. the manager for? Diz, tell them who your ma- your team manager was on that last tour. Mike Miranda, Hollywood. No, okay, big big shout out to Mike Miranda. We love big Mike Miranda. Shout out to Mike Miranda, yes. Um, Mike. yep. You know, I think he I think he actually mentioned that when he was on the show. Actually, I can't believe I forgot that. 
Oh yeah, um, he, sure he did. He better have. Come on. Okay, look, <laughs> between between you, me, and Craig, no one else is going to see this. Uh, uh, besides everyone watching, but we only have like five <laughs> fans. So, um, who who's who did you like better, Mike Buff or Mike Miranda? Mike Buff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Me and Mike Miranda bumped heads for a while. Trust me. I never did. Because you're talking about a reborn Christian with a slayer head. Do you think that's going to really get along good? I was evil and he was just the opposite, man. So uh, was he a tough team manager? No, well, I didn't let it happen because I was, you know, (laughs) at that point I was a veteran on tour and I wasn't going to take any shit from nobody. So (laughs) no. If anything, he would walk in or he'd walk into the hotel room and I'd be smoking a joint with Slayer, just jamming with some other dudes and fucking he'd come in there. Hey, man, what the fuck? You got a show tomorrow, man. I go, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out of here. I'm fucking drinking tonight. and I'm smoking weed and I'm getting fucked up. And if you don't like it, that's too fucking bad to get your fucking Christian ass out of here. <laughs> You're like I'm Diz Hicks. I'm fucking Diz Hicks. I'm getting fucked up tonight, man. I'm drinking. I'm getting <laughs> fucked up and smoking lots of weed, man. If you want to join me, that's fine. If not, get the fuck out of here and leave me alone. I'll be ready for the show tomorrow. Don't worry, Mike. <laughs> that's so funny. I've, I've actually... I've, oh, no. we. But you know what? I, I've learned to have a lot of respect for Mike. I really like the guy. He's awesome. He, he was a good manager. I have nothing bad to say about Mike. No, 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 no. And after a while, he just let me do my thing. I just did my thing anyways. I didn't care what he fucking said. I, you know. I was smoking a lot of weed. I smoked weed that whole fucking tour, man. I was a Would you, I don't fucking care. I mean, that's the way it was. Look, looking back, looking back on your career, is there anything you would have done differently? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I wouldn't have got into methamphetamines towards the end, and you know, I would have. Uh, I could have probably done more after my last tour, but I was, uh, you know, I decided I'd just head off into the fucking sunset. And party on with all these other metalheads, and I was into that scene. You know, we'd stay up all night and go to concerts and be backstage or wherever, just with all these metal guys I knew, whatever band, partial band, bands, whatever. We stayed up all night. We just partied, and I just kind of focused on, you know, partying more than I should have. You know, because uh, I could have maybe got a little bit more out of it towards the end there. Um, that's the only thing I regret. I mean, other than that, you know. Uh, I made it through and I'm alive. I've been clean for many, many years. So that in itself is pretty amazing. Uh, Congratulations. Even Mike Miranda used to say, he would tell me when we were on tour, he'd say, hey man, you'll be dead by the time you're 30, the way you're living. And I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to be alive, dude. Longer than you. And, you know, I I used to get mad at him. He would say that. And then, so I don't know, but at the, when I was getting inducted in the hall of fame, or if you ever watched it, I was, I said, Mike Miranda, are you here? And he's way out in the crowd. I'm I'm still alive. Because I had to say it because he used to say that all the time. Oh, the way you're partying, the way your lifestyle is, you're not going to live past 30. Uh, And he was actually right. I mean, uh, you know, he he had all right, all the rights to say that he really did. He, uh, you know, there's no, I was, I was heading down the wrong path. You know, I was partying too much. And, uh, but you know what? I, I never let that, stop me from doing my shows and doing a good show. You know what I mean? I never, it, it, you know, I did my partying, but when it came down to do a show or before the shows, I got sobered up enough to do a really good show. And then afterwards I would celebrate, 
so I didn't let that affect my writing or anything like that. Oh, well, I can't say always, but because one time I did get fucking drunk all night long. <laughs> and then we got to the show and the next day I was still drunk. So they're out there announcing and I staggered out and fell down right in front of the crowd and just, you know, I grabbed the mic and said, I'm too drunk to ride and threw it down <laughs> and then puked all over the place. And all these kids, hey, dude, you sign this. And I'm laying there just fucking puking, man. That was not good. And that was the last that was the only time that ever happened. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I was mad at myself for that because I didn't want to, you know, I mean, I wanted them, those, everybody to have a good perception of me, not that, that side of me. Uh, so, you know, I, I got scolded by CW pretty good on that one too. Uh, they were not happy because the bike shop owner and everybody complained because I didn't ride and uh, they'd come there to see me, you know? And so, uh, you know, I disappointed people and I, you know, somehow I didn't really realize how important I was until after that, uh, you know, when Roger said, Hey, look, man, those people were dependent on you to ride. They want to see you. They were, you know, and I thought about it and I went, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, that's not going to happen again. You know? And so I made sure that, you know, it was not going to happen like that again. No. Yeah. I, I, I drank and did my partying, but I made sure that I, if I had a show the next day, then I was like, Hey, you know what? I ain't drinking tonight. I'm not smoking. I'm not doing anything. I got a show tomorrow. Now after the show, we got three days off to, it's on. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, it was awakening for me there too uh, about partying. I mean, Hey, I partied, but I kept it to where, you know, uh, in focus, you know, I stayed in focus. Sure. Like you said, in your, uh, in your induction speech, to the hall of fame, you know, and and I'm going to say congratulations again, because you do, you know, you went through that time, you went through, you know, the partying phase and all that. And it may have been a long ass phase, but you came through it, you, you persevered. And, and I'm going to say congratulations for that because I think if I'm right, if my math is right, you're coming up on like 20 years sober, correct? Or are you around? Oh, yeah. That, been that over, uh, yes. Uh, as far as like the hard drugs and the meth and stuff, I mean, I smoked weed, you know, a year ago. So I, I don't do anything now, though. I've been sober. Uh, I, I quit drinking. I don't smoke weed. I don't do anything anymore, which is good. But I mean, is that's not the weed and the drinking really wasn't the big issue. I mean, if you do that in moderation, whatever, a lot of people do that. Uh, it's even legal now to smoke weed, but uh, uh, it was the methamphetamine that was, and in hard drugs like that, those are the ones that will destroy you and just, uh, you know, th- that, and I've been clean off of those for over 20 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's a good thing because I wouldn't be here right now if I would have kept going on the path that I was on. Uh, yeah, I would not, the induction I got in the hall of fame would have been just a video of me because I wouldn't be here right now. Uh, most of the people I was jamming with are dead or in prison. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was headed down that path. And so, no, it is, uh, yeah, no, don't do not do hard. Just stay away from every, be sober, man. That's just the best way to go. I mean, yeah, there, there it is. It really I agree. Is. I, I, I agree. Alcohol is an awful thing and it kills a lot of people and, and marijuana. It's okay. I'm not going to sit here and bag marijuana because it does help you a lot of people. Uh, but uh, you know, if you can stay clean, that's the best way to go, man. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I've been clean. Well, yes. I've been clean for a long time. Let's, let's put it that way. Yes. Right on. I I want to know, and and bro, I, we've kept you way longer than we promised we would. Oh but no, I wanna... it's no big deal, man. I I I love doing this kind of stuff, man. 
dude, I love you for it, brother. I, yeah, I gotta tell you, I love you for it. Oh yeah. Um, I, I want to know. I want to know. And and if this is too personal for you, that's totally fine. But um, what was it like, dude, to get that call that like I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? Like to me, I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what kind of. It was overwhelming, man. It was just. I was waiting for it, you know, and, uh, 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 you know, I really wanted it bad and, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, whether it would ever come, but so, uh, you know, when I got the call, it was Gork. And so, you know, me and Gork go way back to the beginning. So Gork's the one that called, he works. Gork's the one that called you. Yeah. How cool is that, dude? I know. So, uh, you know, so I kind of chuckled and made it kind of, you know, I kind of was like, wow, what the fuck took so long? You know, I, you know, uh, but I was kidding, you know, believe me, I was thrilled to death. Uh, oh man, it was the best call ever. Cause I just, you know, for me, it was a way to end my career, you know, in something really positive for me, uh, instead of just walking away from the scene and that was it done, you know, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was better to, to end my career. I can't think of a better way to showcase my career than in the hall of fame. So uh, I, I was happy. Yeah. When I got off the phone, man, it was just, you know, jump up and down and scream and yell and, you know, throw my hands in the air and just say, thank you, Lord. That's the best thing ever. You know, that, that induction speech is, I mean, you came yeah. right after Jamie Beswick and Jamie's. Oh yeah. That's hard to do. Jamie's a, he was a crowd pleaser, dude. And, no, and he's look, a hard guy to come and, after, man. Yeah. And so when you went up there, you're like, I oh shit, nervous. I got to follow Jamie. But let me tell you something. That happened. And I said that too. I, said, I know I, you said it right to the crowd, but let me tell you what I liked about your induction speech. First of all, congratulations for the hall of fame induction. Um, secondly, your speech and I've watched a lot of them. They were it was probably one of the most like um, organic, raw from the heart. Not and you're and you said it right there in the in the introduction. Hey, I don't have. I'm not reading from a cue card. I don't have anything prepared. So I'm gonna just tell you like it is. Like you came across so real, and I think everybody in that crowd was just glued to everything you were saying, dude. Like, how was that just being up on stage and was, and going right from the heart, dude, shooting from the hip? It was tough, man. It was really, really uh, nerve wracking. But, uh, you know, I tried to focus on it and get it through it the best I could. But uh, it was a hard thing to do. Let me tell you, uh, you got all the people out there in the crowd that you've looked up to your whole life is right there looking at you, you know. I'm looking out and I see Bob Harrow and Eddie Fiola and everybody else that I've ever looked up to in the whole sport was right there staring at you. And it was like, Oh man, just almost a bit overwhelming. You know, I, I didn't know if I was even going to be able to pull it off, man. But, and as far as I was concerned, I, when I got done, I, my sons were there with me and I said, man, I didn't, I, that blew it, man. And they're like, no, fuck no, that was good. And I go, man, I just, cause I, there was so much things I wanted to say that I didn't get to, you know, um, and, but when you get up there and you're put on the spot like that, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, to throw it off the cuff like that without having something written down. But, uh, you know, it came out. Okay. I, I would just say that I, as far as I was concerned, it was okay. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to say. It never um, is. It but never, it never is, is when you no, look back. You're, yeah. never, when you're on the spot like that. You're not going to ever get it just right. And there's always going to be something that you wish you would have said 
you know, later on. I don't care who you are and how, if, even if you have it written down, you're always going to come up with something that you probably should have said or could have said. What would you have said? Like when thinking back now, when you're like, damn, yeah. I wish I would have brought this up. Yeah. I, Is there yeah. one thing that you can think of that you wanted to add to that, that you can say now? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> one thing I didn't say that I wished I would have was uh, that I wanted to thank every single metalhead out there and even metalheads to this day. Thank you for being there and supporting me and coming out to the shows and banging your fucking head with me. Cause that's what got me through. And that, you know, I never really got to just say to the crowd, man, it wasn't for you guys. You are the guys that were backing me up that were coming out and banging your heads right alongside me. Thank you for being there for me. That's what I wish I would have said, but didn't say. I think you just uh, did, homie. Yeah. I, I, I think I you said, I think you there, said man. it. I wish I would have just, mm, but I didn't. And then um, I didn't really say enough about Seppi. You know, I didn't even say anything about Seppi. And why wouldn't I have? Uh, you know, the two of us together were like, you know, um, it was just something that may not ever come along again. Uh, we had our own styles and everybody could relate to us. And, uh, you know, we were that whole new, just being yourself and, and and doing, taking your whole lifestyle and your music and bring it into your writing. And uh, we uh, we were the first ones to do that. And uh, and for me to not say something about Seppi was it disappointed me later on, you know, um, that I didn't mention Seppi Mays, you know. Uh, uh, and, you know, Seppi, if you're listening to this, buddy, uh, you know, uh, that was my bad. Uh you know, because I I couldn't have done anything without him either. We needed each other to get this to get where we were at, and uh, so even though I didn't like him at first and didn't like that, uh, but when it came down to it at the end, that it was one of the best things that could have happened was you know the two of us together like that. Uh, so and Seppi, yeah, that's just it. That's the one thing that I didn't really get to say. Um, you know, and there was other things too, but that that those are a couple of things that slipped my mind at the time that I didn't get out there and say, uh, but the most important one was the metal heads, every single headbanger out there. that's still to this day out there banging their heads. Uh, you know, thank you for that. Thanks for coming out, man. Dude, I can, I can tell you this, man, as someone that did come out, uh, and someone that, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I rode in the back of somebody's pickup for, for an hour and a half, uh, driving down 99, uh, you know, through, through Elk Grove, Sacramento, all the way up down to, to, you know, Roseville or wherever that show was. It had been Woodland, Roseville. Yeah. Somewhere like yeah. that. I didn't really do a lot of, sh- well, we did some Gork Trick team shows here though. Uh, but yeah. the, there's for CW. hundred percent. Really yeah. This we is didn't CW. Very much. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, could have been Stockton. Nah, I don't know. No, it wasn't Stockton. Cause I rem- I was close enough to Stockton. I, I dude, here's what I remember. I remember being yeah. the back of my buddy's truck. Okay. In a sketchy truck driving for an hour and a half. So that, that would have been like 60, 70 miles from like Lodi. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but uh, here's the thing, dude, watching you ride and watching you pull up and, and we stayed like every other kid in the world, we stayed until you guys drove away. Ain't nobody's nobody left a, a freestyle show before the, right. the riders. Oh, left. Yeah. And um, dude, like, Watching you ride and the way you treated us kids um, was, was unlike, you know, most, I, I can't, I can't say that anybody else did it. It was like watching and it wasn't because you were local, you were, 
But it wasn't because you were local. It was because it was like watching you were one of us. It was like you were one of us that were like, it was like, hey, guys, check it out. Like, uh, you know, they don't they just don't know that I'm one of you. And they they gave me a bike and a, a jersey, but I ripped it in half just so I could show you that I'm with you. That I mean, I hope that makes sense to you, but because that's the vibe that, that you gave us is it's attainable. Be yourself. Don't follow. Don't follow the mainstream if you don't want to follow the mainstream. You know what I mean? And and it was right. just like make up your own stuff, man. Do it. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, man, you know, I, I, as a kid growing up, dude, and watching you ride and, and seeing you in the in the in in VHS tapes. Because we're old and like that's what it was. This yeah, exactly. It was yeah. like nine exactly. generations, nine generations of bootleg copies yeah. of of like a videotape. But then seeing you in person, um, man, dude, we we all it was like watching. It, it was your buddy. It was like watching your buddy. It was it was watching a homie. It was watching a brother. And I couldn't. I didn't feel that with a lot of the other writers. It was like I'm watching a pro who's putting yeah, on. No, I know. That's, performance. You're right. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right on that. Um, Yep. You hit it on the nail on the head on that. That's uh, I wanted everybody to just, you know, that I could talk to them. I'm just a normal person like everybody else, you know, and be entertained. And yeah. And, you know, and then you're right about being yourself and uh, you know, whatever style you got, that's what you got, man. And use it and uh, make up your own stuff and uh, maybe, and try to make up something that will be lasting in this career forever. I mean, if you can, you know, um, a whole style of your own, um, for me, uh, Ryan Humphrey summed it up pretty well. Um, when I was doing the show in Hollywood, uh, Florida, he had on the wall um, Eddie Van Halen and my name next to Eddie Van Halen were on this wall. And it said something in the effect of, I'm, I was like Eddie Van Halen. I made up a whole, he played a guitar in a whole different style that nobody else did. And they still use to this day. And I made up a whole different style a whole new style on a BMX bike that people are using to this day. And I remember looking at that going, man, you're comparing me to Eddie Van Halen. What? But it made sense because that's exactly what it was. I made up a different style, a whole different style of riding the bike that's still being used to this day. And Eddie Van Halen did the same thing with a guitar. And for me to be on that wall, it was just like, Oh my God. It was like, I had made it to this where I wanted to be. I mean, just put me on the wall next to Eddie Van Halen. I think I've made it all the way to the top. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was, that was really cool when I seen that, uh, Ryan Humphreys is the one that set that up and, uh, that that'll last with me forever. I mean, uh, cause I did do that. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of that probably more than anything else is that I did actually come up with something, not only the style and all that, which is good, but, I was able to actually really come up with something that they're still using and they will use forever. So that I really pushed it hard enough to get that. And uh, I'm really just happy that it happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest uh, out of everything I've ever done. It's, it's something that's still lasting to this day and it will go forever. And that's, I can't top that. Uh, but, you know, I made up lots of other stuff, but you know, that that that's just one thing that that I see all the time and I still see to this day. Right now, you guys go anywhere and you see a flatland guy rolling upside down, which that's all they do, then you're gonna say, well, guess who started all that? 
that's yep. you're gonna say yeah guess who did this yeah. hit started all that yeah and that's exactly right so uh <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is and uh I'm, that's probably the biggest thing i'm proud of to be honest with you i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you one more question Diz, and then i'll, I'll sure. hand it off to craig to wrap us and dude this oh. is just something i've always wanted to know since i was a kid as well yeah no um you, the so you thinking back i would see you do cross-ups that were absolutely like, like physically impossible like did you did you have any like double joint? This is going to sound weird, but like, do you <laughs> do, do you have the same like? Do you have one of those like you know those people that are like, oh look at I can dislocate my thumb, because you guys for those of you who 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 don't remember this, you would see Diz go up on the on a bank or on a quarter pipe or something, and he would spin his bars like a seven twenty, which you know you got to think there's a three sixty. He's he's like this you guys and, and i'm like it's physically impossible to turn your bar 720 but there it is and this was before photoshop so you knew it was real yeah like dude how did you do so, like okay or or the other one here's the other one okay how many times like you would go up hit hit a hit a hit a bank uh or the short ramp and you would bend all you'd stand up all the way over your handlebars like oh, your yeah, nose completely your yeah. nose is your nose is on your knee yes and i'm like how, how do you how does a human bend that way and still but you got to understand it's not just a pose picture because he's rotating that whole time keeping his balance that's right because you fall off that ramp yeah dude that's that's hospital that's city right. um dude like <laughs> that was just how just how bro how that that was a real tough one to pull off because you know, uh, you, you lose your equilibrium once you're upside down like that for, you know, for that time. And, uh, no, that, that one was a tough, I mean, it may not look as that difficult today if you looked at it, but yeah, you had to really, <laughs> it, it still it looks, looks very difficult. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, extremely to, difficult. Had to really contort, I was able to contort my body a lot. Let's put it that way. I, I could really bend in some good, you know, I could torque my body pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, that, that trick right there, um, you know, I didn't just pull that off right away. Trust me. I worked on that for a long time. Uh, and you know, it was just little bits at a time, you know what I mean? And finally one time, or I got to the point where I could just completely tweak myself into the bike and be completely just leg up in the air and just completely upside down and sticking my face down in the rear wheel. And then being able to come back out of it was a whole nother issue. I mean, yeah. a lot of crashes and a lot of but no, that, yeah, I, you know what? I was just able to contort my body pretty good. So I guess I was lucky born that way, but. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. I can tell you this, dude, yeah. like Dave, Dave Nori and shout out to Dave Nori. And this is going to sound like a burn yeah. on Dave Nori. And this is not anything like that, but he was known as like Gumby or yeah, Gumby the contortionist. And, and I got to tell you, dude, the, after seeing you ride and what you did on a, on a, you know, a kick turn, I, I lost and and Dave, this is going to sound horrible, but I, I lost interest in what Dave did because I'm like, I saw Diz just did this, but he was spinning and you're, you're leaning on a pedal. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It so is different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, shout know, out. I don't man. really care for that style, but uh, you know, and I don't want to, yeah, I'm not trying to, I like Dave. Dave's a great guy. Dave's a great guy. We're not, yeah. I'm not dissing him. I'm just no, saying I'm not it's dissing him at all. And that stuff's it's not different when you're spinning. Company. 
Yeah. But I'm not disking on him as far as that. Not difficult. Those stuff is difficult too, but I don't really, I didn't care for that style of balancing tricks uh, to be honest with you. I never really yeah. liked it. Um, and that's no disrespect to him at all. So I'm not trying to do that, but that style was not the kind of style that I really digged, you know, uh, not no one's, all. no one's doing that trick anymore. Anyway, no, I mean, that's, that's a feather in your cap. Yeah. Right. I just, it's, you know, uh, I, like I said, Dave's a good guy. I don't have nothing against anybody that does BMX, I, whatever you do, if you're in part of BMX, then I got nothing but good stuff to say about you. Uh, but that style was not me and I didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, you know, whatever. Good for him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Craig, good for him and <laughs> Craig, any last questions? No, man. I, you know, I never do a last question. I think I got everything out I wanted to ask, but <clears throat> I just want to say, you know, and I'll close this up here in a minute, but Diz, man, it, it, it's been so, I'm so glad we got a hold of you. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout out. This is what I want to do. I want to give a shout out. Maybe you can remind me of uh, the guy's name who gave yes, me. Yes, I would, you know, that's exactly good. I wanted to say that too. Exactly. Yeah. So let so, me give a shout out. You say it and then I'll get, I want to give a shout out to him too. Yeah, go for it because I'm, I'm on the spot and I can't remember his Bobby, name. I definitely want to give him uh, credit. That, I'll just, I just want to say right now that Bobby Hedden, man. Bobby Hedden. Yeah, Bobby Hedden's been a CW fan from the beginning. I've known him my forever. He's right here in the hometown boy, man. He's right here. In my He's backed me up since I started. Uh, I've known his family and, uh, you know, he he's just definitely a big CW fan. I got to get my hats off to him for hooking this whole thing up. Bobby, I know I hope you're watching, which I know you will. Uh, you know, thanks a lot, buddy, for hooking me up. Uh, and, uh, I hope you're doing well and, uh, you're one badass dude. Yeah, man. Bobby, I, thank I you concur. so much. Uh, yeah, he is a I badass concur too. Dude. You know what? He's a badass speedway rider. They call him the blaze. And, uh, he's a flat track speedway champion here in our town uh, up in Auburn and stuff. He was a track champion many years in a row, uh, or many years that I saw the guy's super talented, uh, speedway rider. So, awesome. Uh, Thanks, yeah. Bobby. Thanks for yeah, so thank much for Bobby hooking this Hedden, up, dude. Got to give all the big credit CW and a big fan. shout out. He's a freestyle BMX guy from the beginning too, man. So yeah, Bobby head right on. on, buddy. Bobby, right Bobby, on. check your mail because I did send you a care package from us as a way uh, from Craig and I to yes, say thank man, you for that's making this awesome, happen. man. Yes, he's a great guy, man. Super yeah. nice guy. I'm glad you hooked me up. Yeah. I wouldn't have known nothing about you guys, to be honest. Uh, uh, if he hadn't have said something, he texted me and said, Hey man, I, I was just listening to this podcast. You got to get on there. I'm like, wow, right on dude. Hook me up. Yeah. Right they're like, on. there's a funny guy named Craig and an ugly dude named Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are cool, man. You look totally yeah. hit, man. You guys are right on, man. So yeah. this, this from the bottom of my heart as a, at 48, just like the bottom of my heart when I was 13, dude, thank you for spending this time with, with, I'm not even going to say Craig, dude, thank you for spending this time with me because, uh, dude, I don't think you'll ever know the liver? impact. You are chop liver compared <laughs> to this. I, I don't know that you'll ever understand the impact that you had on myself, my, my crew of friends that I rode with, um, and the sport itself. And I, I can only hope that every time you get out of your truck and you go and get a big gulp, that, that someone just yells diz, uh, and, and you feel paid back for everything that you gave your fans, everything that you gave the sport of freestyle. Um, dude, it, it's like, 
I am like, I am so glad to have talked to you tonight. And, and it's, it's almost embarrassing for me to gloat this much, but like, dude, you, you are one of a kind and I am so blessed to have been able to hang out with you tonight, dude. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, dude. Thank you for hanging out, dude. It, it was just amazing. Oh, well, thank you guys, man, for having me. And it was all my pleasure. And uh, you guys are great guys, man. And uh, if you guys are into the BMX scene like you are, I hope it, hope you guys do really well with this. I think it's awesome. Get as many people on here as you can and let them sit here and tell their stories, man, because it's wor- worth listening, man. You guys are cool and you know how to do it right. Man, we surely thank appreciate you again, that. Man, for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Diz, I want to say thank you as well, man. Super stoked oh, yeah, and on- you, honored that, that you have been here with us and given us your time. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank everybody who's shown up tonight to Big Bike BMX, man. We appreciate all of you guys stopping by and listening. And uh, again, shout out to our special guest, Diz Hicks, um, for all his time here. We've had such a blast, man. If you guys want to go ahead and subscribe and, and make comments on the show, we would surely appreciate it. If you're streaming our podcast, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to listen to us from. We'll be there waiting for you to hang out. Um, we want to thank our show sponsors. We've got Night Bike Company, Ride Out Supply, Phoenix Bike Co., Etney Shoes, uh, Old Bones Therapy and JT Racing USA. Want to give a big shout out to all those uh, uh, that support us in in our adventure here on Big Bike BMX. Again, thanks for ever for showing up, everyone, and uh, we love all of you. Thank you. Hell yes, that's awesome. That was it. That-